Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A listener note. This podcast contains strong language and disturbing content. It was June 1994, four months since the remains of nine bodies were discovered buried in the garden and basement of 25 Cromwell Street in Gloucester. Arriving to a jeering crowd outside Gloucester Magistrates Court, Fred and Rose were jointly charged with nine murders and remanded in custody for trial. This was the first time they had seen each other since they were arrested four months earlier. As a journalist covering the case, I was in court and I was fascinated to watch Fred and Rose together for the first time. Their body language spoke volumes. Hello? Hi, it's This is a phone call a few days later with Rose's brother, Graham Letts. He asked me what the court appearance had been like. Did you see a shredder? Yeah, it was very interesting. Mm. He was very much trying... They were only like a, a foot apart, and he was yeah. trying to make contact with her, obviously, and uh, was trying to touch her and look at her, and she was pointedly ignoring him right. and looking the other way. I had been building up a picture of Fred West's early life, but I needed to find out more about Rose. So what have you been doing with yourself? Well, I spoke to Rosemary a couple of times. So you've spoken to Rosemary? Mm. Oh, right. How, how was she? Well, obviously sort of very down about it all. Um, pissed off. She's not saying anything? She is, but, I mean, I can't bring all that on. I mean, she's not saying anything to the police, I mean? Well, no, she's not no. Rose wasn't giving the police any useful information. Now Graham was hinting at her side of the story. How far had she been involved in the murders? From something else, this is Unheard, the Fred and Rose West tapes. Episode 4, Mother and Daughter. I'm Howard Soons, the author of Fred and Rose. By the late 60s, Fred West was back in Gloucestershire. After the scandal with his sister Kitty... Fred had moved to Glasgow with his new wife, Rena Costello. As we heard in the last episode, their time in Scotland had been eventful. Rena gave birth to two children, Charmaine and Anna Marie, though only Anna Marie was Fred's. Rena had affairs with at least two other men, which led to violence. Then Fred left Glasgow in a hurry. Rena and the two children took the bus south to join Fred. She brought two other young women with her, Isa McNeil and Anna McFall. But Fred's controlling behaviour and violence were too much. Rena and Isa ran away from him, but
but Anna stayed with Fred and the children. 27 years later, Anna's body was found buried in Fingerpost Field, near to Fred's family home in the village of Much Markle. She had been pregnant with his child. Now Fred was alone again with two young children in his care. What was Fred doing during this period? I found a number for an old friend of his named Terry Crick. Hello? Oh, hi, Mr Crick. Yeah? How are you? OK, thanks. Bit busy, but... Uh, are you? Well, it's a hotel, you see. All right. In the middle of moving furniture, as per norm. Terry lived in the same caravan site as Fred in the 1960s and kept in touch with him for several years. He claims that Fred showed him some alarming photographs. It was a caravan he had... That place was like he was using as a like a base, I suppose, now, because it's where he was doing abortions and that, you know, in that caravan. Yeah. That's where he kept the gear and he had the photographs. I mean... There were, there were close-up pictures of pornographic yeah. pictures of women's vaginas. That's right, yeah. And there were photographs he'd taken, you think? Oh, yeah, he took them all right. He had a oh. black and white Polaroid out there. They're all black and white. Remember those old things? And he'd taken them? Oh, he took them, yeah. The pictures of the women, were they definitely pregnant women? Or were they just women? Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely pregnant. He they're, told they're... me, he told me the worries, you know. No, but in the, what, what you saw of your rear and eyes, were the pictures, were they pregnant women in these pictures? Or were they too close up for, to see if they were pregnant or not? Oh, no, no well, it, yeah, they were too close up, but he told me they were. And he, he... So it was, it, was just, it was just extremely close up pictures of women's yeah. private parts? Yeah. Right, so they could have been pregnant or not? Well, this is it. It could be anything. It's only what he said, you know. Because he was, of course, um, completely insane and lied about everything. That's the reason I asked. I wish I'd have bloody known then he was insane. Yeah. It's like now, looking back, it's like as if he tried to get me interested, see what my reaction was. And he actually said to you, I'm, I do abortions. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, because I was a hippie, you see. And of course, you know, the, the circle I mixed in, I mean, all the young girls there, that's what he was looking for. And did you know any girls who actually had abortions by him? Oh, no. 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 But these photographs, you saw photographs and they were genuine photographs, right? Oh, they? yeah, well, the police saw them and all, because I, I reported it, see? Oh, you reported oh, it? Oh, too bloody right. And then what happened? Well, the police went and seen it, and they come back to me, and they actually said that he was not doing anything illegal at being in possession of the photographs. They questioned him? Yeah. Ah. It's hard to know if Terry Crick reported Fred at the time. If he did, nothing came of it. In the same phone call, Terry Crick told me about a time he went to the pub with Fred. You saw him pick a girl up there, did you? No, he went down there chatting to him. Probably come on a bit too strong. You know, he was a straight as well as far as uh, those days. I mean, it was all hippies and heads. So he was a straight guy. And they said, who's that guy? I said, oh, that's Fred. I said, he's all right. And they said, oh, he's a bit of a creep, isn't he? So he didn't pick a girl up that night? No, he didn't pick a girl up It was around this time that Fred met Rose. <laughs> what did you think of Rose? Not a lot. <laughs> Didn't like her? Well, you know. This is Christine West. She was married to Fred West's brother, Doug, 
she didn't think much of Rose. Christine and Rose were never chums, as she put it. There'd always been something about her. She'd first met Rose when Rose got together with Fred. She, was, uh, she wasn't all that old, was she? Close to years back. I think her was only about 15, maybe. 15, coming 16 or something like that. Yeah. Because she's a lot younger than Fred, 12, 12, 13 years younger. Now, if Rose met Fred sometime in the second half of 1969... Fred would have been about 27, but Rose was still only 15 years old. Rose was underage, seeing a man 12 years her senior. Did that cause concern? We know Rose was in care when she was 15. Right. Because her mother and father put her in care. Why did they put her in care? Because they didn't want her to be with Fred. I found a contact for someone who might know more about Rose's past. I'm doing really just a history of Fred and Rose going back years, really, and I just want to check some things that... Now, I don't know if you can... His name was Jim Tyler. He was married at the time to Rose's elder sister, Glennis. But Jim was more than Rose's brother-in-law. For a while in the late 60s, Rose, her mother and her younger siblings lived with Jim and Glennis. I asked Jim what he remembered about Rose from this time and he told me about a mobile snack bar he ran with Glennis. They parked a caravan by the roadside where lorry drivers and travelling salesmen would stop for refreshments on their way through the Cotswolds. When Glennis became pregnant, they asked Rose to help out. During the day, Jim would go to work as a mechanic, leaving Rose to serve from the caravan. But on four or five occasions, when he came back to check up on her, he says he noticed something. He came back to find the snack bar closed. Then Rose would get out of a nearby lorry or a car, looking dishevelled. The one time some pipe players, because they were doing a natural gas pipeline across the consoles, some gas pipeline fitters turned up and she emerged from the car, you know, on the bridge and said he'd just taken her down the shop because she'd run out of sausages for the hot dogs and sandwiches. The excuse would be that the men had just taken her down the road to buy some more sausages for the sandwiches, or she would say they had just been having a cigarette and a chat. Not. I mean, she didn't like it. It was just, you know, a of having a cigarette and a chat. 
didn't think Rose was taking money, but in his manner of speaking, he described Rose as a hot-arsed little sod. It was probably around this time, in the Cheltenham area where she'd grown up in a nearby village, that Rose first met Fred. They'd met at the village. In what, how, in what way? Well... Rosie used to go down the chip shop. I mean, all the teenagers used to hang around the chip shop and things, you know. And she did as well? Well, yeah, she'd, she'd walk down the chip shop with a couple of her friends and this sort of thing. I mean, it's not out of the ordinary. No. According to Jim, Fred and Rose had met at a fish and chip shop, though it seems that Fred actually chatted her up on a bus first. In any event, Fred's age was a worry. he went round to Fred's place to find out what was going on. I remember going round the house and she'd not long been seeing Fred and, uh, and asked him what... Uh, that was the first time you'd met him, was it? Yeah, to find out what his intentions were and what was actually happening. And I was told, same as Rosie had told her parents, that... She was looking after the children from eight till six because his missus had left him. Right. And for that, he was going to pay her. Fred's story was that Rose was babysitting the children during the day. He would pay Rose, of course. It sounded like Rose had replaced Anna McFall as Charmaine's and Anna Marie's so-called nanny. Like Anna before her, babysitting turned into a sexual relationship. Towards the end of 1969, Rose was taken into care in a large house near the centre of Cheltenham, which was home to troubled teenagers. There was a curfew, and she wasn't allowed to see Fred. When Rose left care on her 16th birthday, she and Fred were reunited. A year later, in June 1970, the family moved from a caravan to a flat in the middle of Gloucester. The address was 25 Midland Road. Rose gave birth to her first daughter, Heather, in October 1970. Christine West went to visit the new baby. Well, the kids looked uh, all right. Like Anne-Marie and Charmaine looked all right. They looked, uh, you know, clothed and fed and clean. And... What sort of clothes did she put them in? Do you remember? Lots of skirts or trousers or...? No dresses, I think. But Fred was having problems. In recent months, he'd been getting into all sorts of trouble with the police for theft and motoring offences. He'd been fined and served a couple of short prison sentences, but that didn't seem to change his behaviour. 
In December 1970, after he stole some tyres, magistrates lost patience and sent him away for 10 months. Now Rose was left on her own in the flat. Still young herself, she now had three children to look after. Her baby Heather and Rena's two daughters, Charmaine and Anna Marie. Did you visit when Fred was there, when Fred was in prison the first time? He was in prison in 1970 for little things, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he, when we visited there, he wasn't there. And so she was on her own? Yeah. And was her baby born then? Yeah, I think she was. I can't remember Fred being there. Not when we went there. Not in 1970. What did you do when you went? What was the place like, the flat? Yeah, there was, there was children's things about, you know. And children's, what, toys? Toys and stuff and... Uh, baby's clothes and that about works like that when you've got uh, children. Yeah. How was she managing with Fred away? How was she managing for money? Well, she said things was t- no tight, like, you know, but um, we used to take stuff for her. Money was short with Fred away. Christine used to bring her food from the farm where Fred's father, Walter, worked. And mainly, mainly vegetables. She used to get a, a bag of potatoes and take over, so she lasted quite a time. But maybe Christine didn't appreciate how much Rose was struggling to care for three small children all on her own. There was a warning sign in March 1971. Rose took Charmaine to the casualty unit of Gloucestershire Royal Hospital. She had a large puncture wound on her left ankle. Hospital records show the injury was sustained at home in Midland Road. Then in July, eight-year-old Charmaine disappeared. Rose told Anna Marie that her sister Charmaine had gone back to her real mother, Rena. In Charmaine's school register, she was simply recorded as having moved to London. Schools weren't required to verify this kind of information, so no questions were asked. Twenty-three years later, in May 1994... A child's skull and other bones were uncovered under the extension at the back of 25 Midland Road. Dental evidence identified the remains as Charmaine. A forensic dentist was able to pinpoint when Charmaine died based on the development of her teeth. This showed that Fred was still in jail at the time. Rose never explained what happened that day. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In summer 1971, Fred got out of prison and returned to Rose at the flat at 25 Midland Road. There were now two children living with them, Rose's baby daughter Heather and seven-year-old Anna Marie, Fred's daughter from his first wife, Rena. But Fred and Rose had a problem. Rena hadn't forgotten her daughters. Well, hi, is that Isa? Uh-huh. Hello, it's Howard Soons, uh, the uh, writer. Uh-huh. This is Rena's friend, Isa McNeil. In the last episode, she moved to the caravan in Gloucestershire with Fred, Rena, and Anna McFall, the nanny to the two children. Do you remember that when uh, you were in the caravan and John came down and picked you up and took you and Rena back to Glasgow? Isa and Rena escaped and went back to Glasgow. And then sometime later, I think you got married around that time, some, uh-huh. sometime later... Rena wanted to go back and get her children back. Right. But Rena wasn't happy that Charmaine and Anna Marie were still with Fred. And she asked you and you said you couldn't uh-huh. because you were getting married. And she went back down. Uh-huh. Rena wanted Isa's help, but she was getting married. So Rena went down on her own to confront Fred. Do you know what happened to her when she went back down that time? No, never heard after that. I just took it that she'd get back with Fred again. Isa lost touch with Rena. Christine West remembers seeing Rena and how confusing her relationship with Fred was. They always seemed to be falling out. That's when it started, I think, as children going into care. They were backwards and forwards into care, weren't they? Records show that Anna Marie and Charmaine West were taken in and out of temporary foster care at least four times within five years. They should have been identified by authorities as vulnerable children. But where was Rena? 
I was trying to work out her movements when Christine West remembered a significant sighting. It was at Moor Court Cottage, in Much Markle, where Fred's parents lived. She visited Moor Court in 72. Oh. Ah. Mm. She come around harvest time, so that would have been July, sort of August. What did she come around for? To see Walter. Walter West still worked as a labourer in the fields around Fred's childhood home, but he didn't really know Rena. Remember, Fred's parents weren't even invited to the wedding. She went down. She went to the farm, down the farm where he was working. Then look to see him. What did Rena want from her father-in-law now? He was hauling in corn, and she went down to see him, and she she was helping him because I remember her coming back and having a bath, changing her clothes. Walter was working on the harvest. It appeared that Rena helped him for a while. When she came back inside, she needed a bath and a change of clothes. Did she stay the night? No, 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 no. She brought in a suitcase, changed her clothes, had a bath, and then, oh, she had a drink, and then was later she went. She got changed and left the same day without telling anyone else why she had been there. Seemingly, she had confided in water alone. What she come to see him about, we don't know. She ne- he never said. Charmaine was missing at this time. Could Rena have been asking Water to help her find and get her daughter back? Or did she have darker suspicions? Whatever it was, Christine never saw Rena again. In 1994, in the weeks after the Cromwell Street murder investigation began, missing posters went up all over Britain. They read, Missing, can you help? Gloucester police have asked the national charity The Missing Persons Helpline to try and make contact with Catherine Costello nicknamed Rena. Relatives have not heard from her for over 20 years. The picture of her on the poster was her wedding photo from all those years ago, looking young with her blue dress and bottle blonde hair. In 1994, Fred confessed to murdering Rena. He said he got her drunk and strangled her. Then he cut her body into pieces. Rena's remains were found in a pit by the hedgerow in Letterbox Field in Much Markle. There was a plastic boomerang in the grave, possibly a toy Rena had brought for Charmaine. Nobody reported Rena to the police as a missing person at the time. Just as with Anna McFall, who was buried in the next field, nobody came looking for her. Fred didn't give a clear reason for killing Rena in his confessions but Rena's search for her missing daughter, Charmaine, would have made her a threat to Fred and to Rose.
Next time on Unheard, the Fred and Rose West tapes, I meet Rose's mother. Unheard, the Fred and Rose West tapes, was written and presented by Howard Soons. The producer was Paul Smith. The executive producer was Russell Finch. The mix engineer was Josh Gibbs. The title music was composed by Shani Aviram, with additional production from Steve Ackerman, Antonia Udunlami, Ben Maidley, and Alice Lutchins. Unheard, the Fred and Rose West tapes, is a Something Else production. Also from Something Else. How did we get here? With Claudia Winkleman and Professor Tanya Byron. In these in-depth, one-on-one therapy sessions, we dig deep into personal stories with fascinating and emotional revelations. A passionate, insightful, and moving experience with clear outcomes to each episode. He is as anxious about attachment with you as you are with him. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, that's crazy, isn't it? Oh, that's a weird feeling. Wait, so... God, don't you just feel like, whoa, why didn't I know that all along? Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.